on this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I, what do we even do? We talk about golf and betting. We talk about our golf. We talk about sizzle. And then we end with the pick. It's not really a pick, but then becomes a pick. So it's worth listening to. So with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage and sports gambling is pathetic. The Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus is hungover in the afternoon it's like 5 p.m where you are and you're hungover yeah this is what happens when you get old jeff like um, a hangover is becomes like a multi-day thing it's i don't enjoy it it's what were you awesome. drinking last night that you're so hungover <clears throat> wine there was you gotta wine. try to be relatable like there was wine to- then there was cocktails and then there was beer Bud lights schmidt's malt liquor colt 45 is that relatable enough for you there was some bordeaux wine guy that went to made a Malbec not relatable no and then there was Manhattan's and then there was some IPA not relatable no okay I'm in Charlottesville um can we talk a little bit about the excitement of Crowley Town yes Crowley Town though Did, did you watch any of the game or how did you find out that they beat so Crowley Town who Rufus and I are both part owners of Crowleytown FC won their round two match in the Caribou Cup against Fulham two nothing, and now advanced to a game against uh, Bromley. Brent, like it's that? not until November though. Yeah, it seems like a long time. Long time to wait. Do you think our team will have won a League Two game by then? I really hope so. Hope so. Um, that would be nice. Did so you watch how did you game? find out about the win? I was I was looking. I um, I think my brother updated me. He was like, "Hey, we're up like one nothing, um, partway through the first half." And I kind of just looked. At, I looked periodically. I didn't watch it, but and saw so we're up two nothing. I was like, "Man, that's exciting." Um, I was trying to find what the odds were. It looks like I think to win we were in regulation a ten to one dog. I did you were, were you live betting it? I was not. I don't know if that's ethical. I've tried. I've looked at like the, the lines before, and they're the l- limits on those things are pretty low. But I wonder if in the Caribou Cup the the limits would be higher. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't. I don't think we're supposed to bet because we're owners. Right? No, that's what. Yeah, what I was saying. Probably frowned. It was upon. interesting. I mean, though, because like Fulham did. They there was not their A team, but they thought that they could get by without it, and they couldn't. Well, they had like when I talked to Evan about it in uh, when we were playing golf uh, in LA, he basically said that there was a chance because they had like rivalry games sandwiching that Caribou Cup game. So, did that? Did you want to segue into talking about our golf? Oh yeah, we didn't, did we? We have never talked about it. No. Uh, do you want to lead? I mean, I blew a five. 
hole lead with like eight to go and a four hole lead with like eight to go and back to back uh, matches. And the match that, well, and there was some, and you remember I blew a three hole lead with like seven to go in the other match. It was just, it was like whoever was winning the front nine ended up losing the match like every time. I feel good that I was able to get up that much on you. Um, I feel poorly that I choked so badly and I went and spent a bunch of time with my coach and I kind of got everything fixed. I got, I got a lot of what was broken, especially at the end of that last round at the Huntington club. I got it all fixed. That part all fixed. Nice. It's like a lot of it is, uh, it basically is just coming too far over the top. And I have like a sort of like, uh, I don't know what you call it, like a trigger mechanism. So I don't go quite that over the top anymore. <clears throat> it's like that Colin Morikawa where he like puts the piece of shirt underneath his elbow to keep his elbow connected. And then uh-huh. that really helps me think about coming down, you know, re- uh, not over the top. Anyways. I will say the one thing, Jeff, it was really strong in your game. um, And that's why that last hole was so surprising is, was your putting. Like your, your putting was so much better than the putting putting, putting wasn't the issue on that. I mean, it was, your putting was fantastic. Like the whole trip basically. Yeah. But I I averaged five, I averaged five, three putts per round. (laughs) I was like, I would love your putting. I was one, I was about 140 out with a good lie needing to make like basically bogey from there and i i shanked it i mean that's to me like putting because even that three putt i know that everyone's seen online that first putt was downhill it was so downhill trying to you hit it yeah it, it was putt was was always going to leave myself a tester coming back and i just missed the tester it's not like you this. went you, you you tried to make the putt i did you didn't lesson, you didn't lesson learned. you didn't go for the two putt you went for the one putt what was the most surprising? It sounds like putting. What was the most surprising part of your game for me? Um, what was? No, I mean, I felt I felt like your game was not as good as it was the last time we played. No, my game, my game, like I'd hit that sort of saturation point this summer where my game, like I played too much and I started to just go the wrong way. It feels yeah. like it happens to me every summer that at some point I remember um, a few years ago, I think 2019, I went on a, uh, on a mountain golf trip with, um, with our friend Peter Jennings and, and Stephen Bass. And I, I think at the time I had like a eight or nine handicap coming in and I, I don't think I broke 90 the whole, the whole trip. It was, and it was just sort of like, it's like the end of the summer of my game. If I've been playing a lot kind of hits that point where I kind of lose it and I start like overthinking and then, and then I need some time off and then I, kind of come back stronger but so i'm kind of taking a little time off now um cool uh so what um what did you bet in this golf did you bet in i just went on the tony kornheiser show by the way and he asked me a little bit about betting on golf and he asked does anyone bet on the live and i'm like our friend rufus does maybe we can talk about it on the bet the process podcast what he bets on you don't bet on any of the team shit do you or live yeah of course i do is the team shit where there's value? I mean, there is a lot of value there, I think, more than other things, but there's not a lot of markets for it, unfortunately. Um, did you bet anything in this week? Of course, yeah. A lot. I think I'm getting smoked in the first round. Like all my guys are, are I have 
I don't know who I've out, outrights on, but I can see the list of matchups. And I have like matchups on Finau, matchups on Corey Connors, um, Matt, yeah, matchups on Hovland. Basically, the guys that are over par today, I'm probably on. So that's not good. It's not good. No, not a good start. But there are nobody's missing the cut this week. So, yeah, I mean, that was interesting last week. Did you see like Finau put up like six over and then ended up? with like a reasonable score by the end because he had three days to work it off yeah um what did what did you how hard do you think it was to model this i mean i guess for you you do it all the time but modeling the strokes lead um it's not too hard i mean it's um unfortunately the thing that is difficult is that you have markets for with and without the handicaps and so unfortunately i have to um, run simulations multiple ways and it's it's just kind of my normal process isn't um doesn't suffice right i can't it's not i can't automate 100 percent of it like normal so i um but it's it's not uh, you know i wouldn't say it's very difficult it's just adding some strokes afterwards and you still you still factor in the pressure stuff on on uh, on the weekend but I'm sure the you know, pressure stuff much increase every day, right? I would say overall that um, that something like this, where there's stroke differences, is probably going to lead to more betting opportunities because it's harder to know how much that stroke the strokes are worth, maybe, and how to price that out. Because anytime you have anytime you have matchups with, I don't know. I think anytime you have something that's further away from even money, um, that's a matchup. There, you know assuming there isn't crazy big hold, uh, you know, I think it's harder to intuitively price for people. When you have a bunch of matchups going into a tournament, will you almost certainly have those same day-to-day matchups like going forward or does it, does one day or positioning or whatever change, I guess it changes because of when they play and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think first off you'll have, I mean, the round matchups are, it's not going to be on or against the, it won't be the same two guys matched up that I have tournament matchups on typically. But um, I think, I, I, I don't think guys are going to move up or down that, that much just due to one round or two rounds. I, I will say that you're going to get a little bit more movement on a tournament like this, just because the guys playing the weekend are, um, are not the top half of players that mm-hmm. week, which is normally the case when there is a cut. So you have, you know, a, a guy plays two really awful rounds and still has to play the weekend. And so a lot of it is figuring out part of it. I mean, the challenge is like, well, what's the, what's the motivation there for, I mean, in this case, there's a lot of money at stake and that money changes. I don't even know. I don't know what the difference is between like the 29th place and 28th place, for example. But, but um, I think it's, you could argue that this is a little bit different than a WGC event um, in terms of the guys that are way at the bottom of the field um, still having a ton of motivation and not being checked out. Whereas, you know, normally a guy's way back, like, you know, maybe not the same level of focus. And so I think, but I think that's, and that's generally a thing more in these no cut events, because you can have guys that are just like, I mean, like Leishman a few years ago here was shot like 29 over or something like that. He started hitting irons off the tee on every hole. Cause he couldn't hit his driver straight. What is this course like? Um, it's, so it's a, uh, it doesn't seem like a Southeast course, really. It feels much more like a sort of mid Atlantic or Northeast type course. 
Um, this, I mean, it does have Bermuda greens, but it's, it's a course that puts a premium on driving accuracy for sure. It's got a lot of bunkers. Um, so bunker play is important, but I mean, it's, it's penal if you miss the fairway, especially in certain spots, there's a good amount of water. It's, it's a tough course. It's, I mean, I think in general, being long and straight off the tee is a big advantage. That's the case a lot in sort of bigger tournaments and on top more on, and on tougher courses. But I think that's definitely the case here. So since shouldn't we like someone like Rom and not someone like Cam Smith? Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. Rom's a good fit here. He's only one under today. Well, Cam Smith is making these really long putts and stuff. So doesn't he always he do does that? that sometimes? What's Cam Smith's Smith's hit 45% of fairways. I mean, what's a good Cam Smith's only two under, sorry. What's a good percentage of fairways to hit for this course. I'm not sure for this course, but like overall for you and me, mm, I don't know. I mean, close to half probably. It's good. It did. 50% of fairways hit. I think I'd be pretty happy if that were true. Yeah. What's a good percentage of greens to hit? That's, that's a lot less. For me? Yeah. 20%. So you, you know, hit three or four, like four per round. That's a good round. Yeah. I can probably, I probably aspire to be a little better than that. So maybe, maybe like a third of the greens. So that would be my goal. I wonder what I did. Do you, tra do you track your stats? I don't. I did a. I did like an on the course lesson today with my coach, <clears throat> and um, it's amazing how much better I play when my coach is just there. Like I'm like I'm like a scratch golfer. My co coach is just there. Right? Damn, he reads the putts for you. Does he? No, does he, he take the swings with you? It's not that. It's just the something about having him there slows me down gives me a lot of confidence to swing the way I need to swing. Like I hit, uh, we played five holes today. One was a part three, the other four, I was hundred percent on green on fairways. Mm -hmm. And I was probably pretty close to hundred percent on greens. It was just, it was just easy. It's just easy when your coach is like sitting next to you. <clears throat> so would you say for you, a lot of the problem is sort of decision-making then and just your speed. I mean, it's, it's your routine. It's just, it's a lot of my problem is just slowing down, right? Like I'm in this mindset where like, I like to play golf fast and I always am like a little, I'm like an anxious, I don't think you know this about me, but I'm a little bit of an anxious human. I like, I don't seem like it, but when I'm golfing, it's, you know, the, the balance of having a drink that kind of relaxes me versus what it actually does to my swing is really tough because I think having a drink is generally good for me in golf because it like relaxes me. But like, I also just start getting loose on my swing. That's interesting. And, and I think, I mean, I think it's a general tendency for players, especially when things start going sideways to, to speed up. I mean, that, that when you three putted at the end, that last putt, you went like, you went pretty quick there, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think the challenge with that whole that whole hole, right? If we go back to it, is I had a great drive, right? Like it was conservative, but it was a great drive middle. Yeah, did. I hit a great six iron up to where I needed to hit it, and I was in a great position. And then because you hit into the water, 
I just started feeling like very defensive or very like playing not to lose. And um, even, and then, and then even on that, played uh, prevent golf. and then <laughs> on that little, the chip that I came up to the, like the hole with, I didn't even really look at the green. Like I didn't realize the green like ran. I, I like, I chipped what I thought was a perfect chip. And I was like, Oh, the green ends like the pins on the way right side of the green. Like that's not even on the green. So whatever, live and learn. I'm going to get you next time. That sounds good. I look forward to it. Are you you, you going to be Vegas over Labor Day or not? I don't think so, but I'm not 100%. Well, we'll be around. There's going to be. If I have nowhere else to go, then I will. I mean, by nowhere else to go, I mean, no, like if I don't have a home. Where are you staying right now? It looks very nice. I'm in an Airbnb in downtown Charlottesville. Nice. Are you going to go to Ralph Sampson's bar there? Ralph Sampson has a bar in Charlottesville. No, I'm not drinking tonight. Because you drank so much last night? I didn't intend to go like hard. I don't know. It just happened. Um, have you looked at any NFL or college yet? I have I have cranked out um, college football ratings. I have not. Uh, and I have NFL ratings, Massey Peabody ratings that were done in like a few months ago, but they haven't been updated. Have you bet any of the college football games this week? I have not. Are you going to? Um, it's very possible. I'm going to look through. I doubt. Um, I mean, it's, it's late enough in the week though that, and there's, I mean, there's just not very many games, right? There's like five games with FBS versus FBS Seven games. games. Seven. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Are you, are you betting any football, Jeff? We might bet some second halves, I think. I didn't even know we were still doing those, and then I got a text about them, so I'll probably bet some. I got a little – like a, I was on Tony's show, and he asked about betting golf, so I got to tell him I, I bet Cantley last week. But I the bet I made this week – Did you – wait, have you what have you hit like five outrights in a row now? Well, Cantley was, was a day two one. Okay. So day one, I think I told you I had Rom – and, yeah, you said you had Rom and JT. Yeah, Rom and JT, and then after day two, I bet Shoffley and Cantlay. So I didn't, I didn't win that much, but I won. But it was still in the black. So that was good. And I won a bunch of matchups this week, which was strange because I'm basically just throwing a dart at the wall for matchups. Um, I I bet Shoffley. I, I kind of did a Scheffler fade. I've kind of decided that Scheffler fade is like, I just keep watching him swing and it just seems like, especially the driver. It's like, how does he not slice that driver? Like, you know, like think his Comes feet are sliding out from behind him. He's coming in. Like it's, it's crazy that he doesn't slice the driver all the time. It's yeah. But it's how he's always swung a golf club. I think. I know. I mean, I'm just noticing it now. So I'm kind of like late to the game, but I'm noticing it. So you ever seen Jim Furyk swing? Yes, I have. I, I always bet on him because I thought his swing was so beautiful. Really? No, I bet on him because the number said to bet on him. Yeah. Uh, have you, have you looked at any futures yet? Not really. I've, um, <clears throat> I just honestly, I no, I haven't really, I'm going to bet some, I'm in Virginia too. So right now, so I can kind of, and I have some, a bunch of cash sitting in some of these accounts that you know, there's the I'm pretty bank. limited. So I'm going to see how much I can, you know, I'll probably be betting like 
a few hundred bucks at a time, but I might as well, might as well put some money in. I talked uh, on the Kornheiser show today about the Ed Teach Lamar Jackson story. Yeah, who's? I wonder who Ed Teach's guy is this year. Well, I think it was probably Trey Lance. I was guessing. I, I was guessing Trey Lance. He's not. He has doesn't have value now. I would assume. I'm seeing like twenty eight to one. And I'm guessing that Trey Lance would have been like an Ed Teach special. Maybe. I mean, I remember last year his guy was was famous Jameis. Huh. Which I thought was a good good value too. I mean, I like the I like the thesis there. Yeah, we should ask Ed Teach if you're listening. What's the Ed Teach special this week this year? What other? Uh, you're, so you're not looking at any futures. You're not really doing college this week. This is a very unexciting sports betting podcast right now. Um, you don't have any golf that you can share with us. Um, you want to well, hear how much my matchups are losing by then? <laughs> oh, we can actually, you know what we can talk a little bit about is that is the college football Calcutta. Yeah, I think that's yeah. good. So how are we feeling about this? Did you see the latest one that I put up? Um, the latest scoring system. So I'll read it out to the kids. Okay. Um, and, and we oh, may start sorry. working, by the way, with the group that will actually make our social media presence meaningful that can put things like this out. So national champ is worth 13% of the pot, runner up 10, college football playoff round one loser, seven and a half. And then most FBS wins, conference championship and bowl games, but excluding college football bowl games, that's five excluding, excluding college football playoff games. Playoff games, yeah. Because if you exclude the bowl game, the college football bowl games from the bowl games, you don't have anything. Right. But so that one I like because I I figure like some group of five teams could really be in the running there, right? Maybe. I mean, and you, undefeated you, have, you have to like I haven't looked at the schedule to see which like does Alabama do they have their annual like McNeese State type game or is yeah, it well, just I mean, because sometimes it's sometimes it's just a really bad FBS team. So it's always some kind of small Southern college. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, right. I mean, so, so I think it definitely may it based on the scheduling. Um, some it penalizes some FBS teams for sure. And you're right. It is something that gives FCS or not, not, sorry. I said FBS. I mean, um, group of five. five power five it gives some group of five teams more of a chance for sure um highest ranked group of five in last college football playoff rankings pre-playoffs three percent i like that one yeah what about the um conference champs conference champs get um three percent what why would there ever be fewer than 10 conference champs though if they weren't drafted oh yeah Fair. Okay. Good point. Well, we, we didn't even talk about that part of the Calcutta. Maybe we should lead with that. Yeah. So the, the drafting style we have for this Calcutta is that kind of like a fantasy draft you go or fantasy auction. If you've ever done one, you go around nominating and minimum bidding on guys. And then uh, you go around Robin. And then as soon as you pass, that means you can't bid anymore. And, um, it's interesting because essentially there's a, a variable amount of teams that will actually get auctioned based on who wants to. I think the thing that I'm struggling a little bit with is what should the minimum bid be? 
one thing that would be make it like fairly significant. Otherwise, you're and, and we need the bid. We need the sort of bid amounts too, because then there's a little bit more strategy in who you nominate and and also, I mean, we don't want it to be. I think we want some teams not to get auctioned. Oh yeah, I mean that's the point, right? Right. So we need. We don't want a hundred. We don't want to have, sit through a hundred something team is a hundred but we have we have junk bets though yeah but so okay so so every everyone every one of these we do goes to like a million dollars so if two percent is roughly what 20 percent 20 20k is that right two percent is roughly 20k yeah yeah if we have a million dollar so should the minimum be 5k i think you got to go a little lower than that right 4k maybe i don't know and then what are the bit what are the increments then i mean we could do 200 up to 10 500 up to 20 and a thousand over 20 so here's a question what let's say in an ideal calcutta what number of teams do not get auctioned like what do we want to shoot for there or or how many teams do we want to shoot for for it to be not, well, for it to be negative EV for someone to nominate them. So how many should not be optioned if people play um, game theory optimal? How many shouldn't be optioned? Optioned, yeah. Like, what do we want to shoot for? If at the minimum, like 15 teams not, right, yeah. If the minimum's 5K. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying let's sort of work our way backwards to figure, like, let's figure out, how many we ideally don't want to see auctioned, and then we set a minimum that we think would do that. Oh, I mean, I think the number that we've always done roughly around for golf Calcuttas and whatnot, the most we've ever done is really 75. 75 what? 75 parcels or whatever have been auctioned. Okay. Because in golf, there's been like 50 golfers and then 25 groups at one point, right? I think that's the most we've ever done. So that seems like a lot that take, that took like the time we did that. I think it almost took two hours. <clears throat> Make sure we don't have some of these might be really quick, quick, quick ones. Like if someone brings someone up and no one bids. So say we shoot for 75. So 25 teams don't go auction. Okay. And so we only have right now, I believe two, <clears throat> we have two junk bets, right? So the biggest Most turnover, blowout, biggest blow victim. That's it. Those are the only bad ones, right? Well, then there's like team with season rushing leader, passing leader. These aren't necessarily. I like looked up historically some of these, and they're they're small com- com- they're small teams a lot of times. Small companies. They're small not team. Microsoft. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right about that. But I mean, and you could, I don't know, the team with the most turnovers lost may not isn't always going to be the worst team. In fact, it's. Yeah. I mean, we could add another junk bet if you want, but I don't, I don't think, no, we no, no. I think, I think my, I was almost arguing we have too much in the way of junk bets. If we only want like to see like 80 teams auctioned. So we're saying we, there's a, like, we, we want 50 teams to not be auctioned basically. Um, okay. So the, the reason like essentially what we want is we want, I think what we want is we want like most of the, most of the power five, schools to get auction right and then we want i think they will well, I mean, it's like 
I mean, like a Vanderbilt or something like that may not get auctioned, but. Okay. So maybe then the top of five, I mean, and again, it depends on the minimum, right? It does. So I think five K is a good minimum. <clears throat> okay. So worth that's a half a percent of the pot. Right. Then, then what is uh, our, what's the bid? A, if, you a, if you have a good group of five team, there are a lot of potential bets they can get. Right. Yes. So the top, bad, but a bad group of five team will not be probably have any value. Right. So that's, I think that's what we want, right? We want someone to have a point of view on a group of five team that no one else does and be able to like bring them up and get them for $5,000. Yeah. I mean, people that's are all going to, if we only have four, right. If only 4% of the pot is for bad, you know, junk bet stuff, then like, you know, even if you have, you know, you have to have a, I mean, that's, it's, it's hard to, to get to half a percent of value, you know, of equity for a team if they're not, if that's basically all they're, they have a chance for. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the point is not to make like, you know, the worst team in the league, you know, to, to I don't even know who it is these days, but like the point isn't to make them valuable. The point is to add, some slop in that like makes it fun to root for and then make some of the better group of five teams have some intrinsic value based on the, the, the system. Yeah. It makes it not as straightforward as rooting for a future. So whoever else is out there that wants to be involved in this betting college football betting Calcutta, we're going to do the draft next week. Um, I'm happy to partner with someone cause I don't really feel like doing the, the, the math to model this stuff. And I'm happy if someone can convince me that they know what they're doing to be the financial backer of them in all of this. And Jeff has good variants, so. I've lost the last couple golf Calcuttas, so. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm your golf, look at your throwing darts golf outrights. Yeah. I'm hoping like, uh, so I took Shoffley this week. I took him against Scheffler, but I also took him outright. Outright, including the handicap or, or the yeah, market outright, without handicaps? Outright, I said outright. Outright, including the handicap. It's too hard for me to like, I'd much rather be rooting for the winner than anything else. And since there's no science behind this, this futures dartboard stuff that I do, who cares? <laughs> um, anything you think I should add to the college football? Anything you think I should add to the college football Calcutta? I think it's pretty solid. Okay. Well, did you say you had a bunch of people that you wanted to try to invite? Um, I reached out to Cade to see if he knew anybody because he, he's a big college football fan and guy. And so um, he gets to some, just some suggestions and I'm going to, I will extend invitations. So you are going to reach out to them. Yeah. I'll reach out to a few people. It would be nice to get to get some different people in there. Anything else, Rufus? This is a quick one. You got anything else for us? <laughs> Not really. I'm I'm I got a lot going on. We're we're gearing up and unabated for for the football season, and we're uh, we have um, some products that we're that we have some hard deadlines on to to get done soon. So to finish up, we should probably talk a little bit about the sizzle episode. Yeah. Did you have thoughts? I enjoyed it. (laughs) 
I don't know. I'll let you lead, Jeff. My brain it's, is in at full capacity. I feel like um, a lot of these, um, I've had this cough and it's just killing me still. Um, I uh, The cough that was allergy, you were allergic to a lot. Well, it went, it went away when I got back here and then it came back again in like a slightly different format. As you can tell now, I sound like Kermit the Frog or something. <clears throat> um, yeah, we were in Ubers and like I had to, you know, it's if you have a cough now, I think everybody thinks you must have COVID. So you have to be like, it's allergies. Well, if you don't test, there's no COVID. <clears throat> um, so what I find interesting about a lot of the um, Seville people is how intimidating they are on Twitter and how mean and intimidating they are on Twitter. And then how nice and thoughtful and they are in real life, right? Like like Seth Byrne? Oh, yeah, just like Seth Byrne, just like warm and fuzzy. No, but like Seville was very like thoughtful and, and uh, you know, whatnot. And then on Twitter, he's very, <clears throat> like, he's very right on Twitter. I feel like very definitively right. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I thought it was an interesting podcast in the way that, like, as I was listening to it, I was like, man, is this just going to come off sounding like a bunch of just dragging people's name through the mud and it's not not that i care about being critical of people but like i don't want to be just a bunch of i don't just want to be like a negative mean spirit person making fun of people all the time right um not all the time just just some of the time but i but i but i think what's so important is like this understanding of why you know why and you guys were talking about this whole idea of like or you were talking about it the class for mainstream media personalities on sports betting. And what's funny is like, when you were saying it, I was like, oh, that's just this dumb Rufus idea. Like, he's just like, keeps talking about it. And then, and then as I like had a little distance and started thinking about it, I'm like, that's actually a really good idea. If you made anyone that talks about bet sports betting on TV have to go through some compulsory like learnings where they just learn some basic concepts that hopefully keep them from saying ridiculous shit on the air <clears throat> yeah i agree with you that's probably not a probably not a bad thing to do hey i agree so, I so maybe i'm it. in favor of that um yeah maybe i'm in favor of that anything else from that episode that came that came across to you mm, not really i'm i'm in seville right now and we're talking about seville i just wanted to say that oh got it um, did you think we were too tough on Jason McIntyre or on J- Justin McAt Mc- McAt? What's Justin's last name? McMahon. 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 He looks like Scotty Shepard. Tough on J Mac. I mean, I wasn't too tough on J Mac, but was like, no. I think that I think we did a good job of not making any. I mean, I don't think any of our criticisms were personal. It was just about the content. Yeah. I think that's important. One of the things we got to try to be better at in this new world. So, and I think, as you said, like, it's not like, you know, J Mac is trying to, I mean, I don't think he's intentionally, you know, some of these tweets he said, I don't think he was intentionally, um, you know, incorrect, but I think the other thing though, is sometimes when people get attacked, they kind of just get defensive and double down and they can create more trouble for themselves. I'm not referring to any specific, um, anything specific, but. Yeah, I hear you. 
Um, I think. <clears throat> what are you gonna What are you gonna do for any? Are you doing any media like unabated media or anything like that? Are you doing any shows for the football season? Not nothing. I'm planning on doing at the moment. I mean, I'll, we'll be we'll have some live streams and stuff like that for unabated, but I'm trying to trying to say no more often. <laughs> do less what guests do you want to have on <clears throat> for this football season mm -hmm. um we got to find some good college people to have on yeah I, I i have some ideas so we should do rotating guests basically for football season i think it'd be good okay week one who, who, who do you want to do, do we want people that other you know other people that take an analytical perspective or do we want kind of a, a sort of someone that comes out at things from a different perspective, which gives us the ability to sort of mix it up a little bit and, you know, someone a little more qualitative. I think qualitative people make for better content. It's true. I think saying this is what I'm betting because what my model says, remember when RJ Bell made fun of us and did a whole episode on us picking and yeah. say that's because that's what my model says. Yeah. But he wouldn't actually say the name of our podcast either. Or us. It was funny. Doesn't want to give us the publicity. No. Can't blame him. Smart businessman. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Randall Buzik or whatever his name is. You can't help yourself when it comes to him or Dave or Vegas Dave. So I mean, let's be honest. R.J. Bell sounds better than Dave Vegas Dave. No, then what Vegas Dave sounds pretty good. You're missing a good Vegas trip, by the way, Rufus. I thought you were only going to be there for 24 hours. No, I'm going to go Friday. I'm playing Shadow Creek. Oh, yeah. Saturday. If I uh, come to it, am I invited if I come to I Vegas? So. I don't think we have oh. space for you. Chris. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I, I see how it is. If I have space for you, I'll let you know. But I see I how it is. Only, I'll find out. I'll find out mid next week and let you know. And if, if we do, you should come. Who's um? Who are you playing with? My buddy Ryan that runs Full Swing Golf. Uh, with Tiger Woods, my buddy Albert, who's like a plus three, um, and uh, and then I think someone that Ryan's bringing. But we're gonna go. We're gonna do Delilah's for dinner. Um, we're actually gonna be out on the main floor, which would be nice. Doing Chain Smokers, doing Wet Republic, and then doing Swedish House Mafia at Excess. Sounds like fun. So you're doing? It's a full Vegas trip. It's the same kind of thing. Go out Friday morning, come back Sunday morning. Okay. Before you were saying, oh, it's only going to be like I'm just my drop in for, for. There was a lot of there was a lot of consternation about this Vegas trip, <clears throat> and then once it started to get a little bit of momentum, it got a lot of momentum. So it's gonna be fun. Yeah, who's gonna be there? Are you bringing the whole crew? Um, I don't know if you remember my friend Jan, the guy that was a, a lawyer, went to Yale also. Yeah. Oh no, you met him. You weren't there the last trip. Not not Jan, who's in our Calcutta's. No, no, no. Different Jan. That Jan doesn't like me. That Jan calls me a luck box <laughs> all the time. He really doesn't like me. He like called me luck box on Twitter and whatnot. Um, he doesn't like Logan being in the Calcutta's. I think he respects Logan. I don't think he respects me. I think he kind of, kind of wants to just shit on me. It's okay. I, I don't mind being the villain. I don't mean mind being the foil to Jan. The Aussies always are like the Aussies are always the ones that have like the issues with the how the Calcuttas get paid, so that we kind of tease them on that. And I was talking to Adam about it, and Adam, who's Aussie also, right, was just com was complaining about them also. 
he was yeah complaining about his own kind basically and airing dirty laundry here and bet the process we should figure out though because like one of the things that people said about why the calcutta content has become uninteresting is because there is no handle right now and no one actually knows what's going on with the calcutta so like yeah, we, we, we haven't really been we, we've done a very very bad job of like yeah so we'll, we're gonna do a better job we're, we're starting to work this is a informal announcement that we're going to be working with a group that's going to start to take bet the process and make it more of a media brand where our seven listeners will be able to enjoy us in many different formats beyond just the podcast yeah what are, what are these other formats social media oh okay youtube the youtube you have a youtube channel we might actually get control of our own twitter handle that would be good i mean it, it, what it's been four and a half years since you lost the password to it <laughs> literally that was I, I, my question is why didn't you go to the thing where it said forgot password because i don't think the email is connected to mine i think if the email is connected i mean i think we just have to ask matt about it i think matt has it okay Oh, actually, Matt might not have it. It might have been the first guy that did our podcast. I don't even remember. What was that? How organized we are, people. <clears throat> Teaching you really how to be organized in life. Um, okay. Jeff is actually incredibly organized. That's what makes this funny. In my own way, I am. I mean, you have to be if you work in the real world. I'm not very organized, and I I guess I don't work in the real world. Sports betting is not, not the real world. You don't work in the real world. Yeah. yeah. The well-known fact. Um, should we just randomly pick one college football game that we say is going to be our pick this week? I gotta, <clears throat> hold on. I, I got to even about that for pull up the document. <clears throat> see, are we going to make a pick? Yeah, I'm going to make a pick. Okay. I'm going to let you start talking and then I'm going to put in my rankings and be able to make a pick. I'm going to take Utah state minus 27. Can you tell us who they're playing? Connecticut. 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 And what do you make the line? More than 27. Ah. I need so, you to talk a little more, Jeff, so I have time to put my ratings in the document. Okay. Um, I also kind of like Hawaii at home against Vanderbilt, mostly because, like, then you get to watch something late night. It's important. And eight and a half points at home with Hawaii? Come on. Hawaii must be really bad this year. Or is Vanderbilt better? I guess Vanderbilt's an SEC team playing against Hawaii, so they should be favored by <clears throat> a reasonable amount. Did you put your numbers in yet, Rufus? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Let's see. Okay. What Connecticut against Utah State. Nah, I don't I don't agree with you on that one. You like Connecticut? Although I don't know. I don't I'm not even sure these formulas are proper like or are hooked up properly. So, you know. But I, but the other games look really kind of close. So um, the only one that doesn't is Connecticut. So I, so do I have to take Connecticut then? Then we're, sure. we're Oppo. If we're Oppo, that's not helpful to our no, listeners. It that's not helpful at all. Cause right. I, I actually say Connecticut. Um, what was the other one? Someone against Hawaii? Vanderbilt? Well, you know, Utah State was part of that whole story that Purdom wrote about where the dudes just decided to bet on Utah state. Cause they have like a bunch of returning guys and they actually play Alabama and he bet, they bet on them a thousand one to win the national championship. Wow. Well, they so better be. I heard him wrote it. It's fun. Yeah. I think the only, like the actual, 
the only one that looks like it would be a bet for me is Connecticut. <clears throat> yeah. So, okay. well, maybe I take my Utah state back. There's no official bet the process. No. Rufus likes Connecticut and I with no science or math behind me, like Utah state, but it would make sense that Connecticut was a bet, right? Because if Utah state has become a public team because of that Purdom article, then theoretically like Connecticut would have some value. Yeah. I mean, I don't, do you think that Purdom article has made them like move that line? I don't, I doubt that. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, <clears throat> maybe it's very compelling that Utah state was had value in the futures pools. Okay, that's good. Let's get her going. Talk to you guys all next week when we'll have maybe our first guest. Oh, no, probably not our first guest. We might do a Calcutta. Um, we will do a Calcutta. We're going to do a Calcutta. Well, we haven't had people, people respond. And then maybe we can do a Calcutta recap as part of our Bet the Process podcast. Yeah, let's do that. We also need to do an NFL season-long Calcutta, which is going to be a much bigger Calcutta in terms of participation and <clears throat> we can start some some ideas around what that looks like too that sounds good okay see you all next week analytically driven media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic the bottom line is watered down it seems like they don't get it puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded 